Hello and welcome to another edition of Pastor's Pad, a daily reflection about life with Jesus. Today is special because we are having two episodes in one day. And the reason for that is because this is the Thursday of Holy Week and two significant events that happen on the Thursday of Holy Week that we often reflect on. I've spent a lot of time with because they're meaningful to me. The more I dig into them is the foot washing event at the Lord's Supper and all that Jesus communicated through that. Um, but also the Garden of Gethsemane, the garden battle, I often call it. Now, there were some other things that took place and we have recording in the Gospel of John about the teaching that Jesus gave to the disciples, a significant teaching about what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, And it's interesting with that account in John 13 to 17 and then a priestly prayer in John 18 is that Jesus kind of starts his ministry with this sermon on on the mount um, and then he ends his ministry with the sermon in a room. It's a really beautiful reflection. But the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, right before the arrest and then trial and then crucifixion of Jesus, this is a meaningful place for me because um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, I see Jesus's humanity really shining through. It's, in fact, one of the places that I feel like I connect almost more on a personal level with the person of Jesus. He can seem so much bigger than life and so many other uh, stories and illustrations throughout throughout the scriptures uh, and the gospels. But man, here, I, I get this. I, I, I don't know the full weight of the struggle that Jesus experienced, but I know what it's like to feel some of these feelings that he's going through. And so I can identify with him in this place. Um, so, uh, you know, as Christians, we believe that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. And we don't fully know or understand how all that works, but it does in the person of Jesus. Um, and so through all of that, his humanity comes out here. So Matthew 26 um, is one of the places uh, in the Synoptic Gospels that talks about this day. We know that they had the, the Lord's Supper and instituted that beautiful moment with the bread and the wine and partaking of that. Uh, and then it says that they went out and they sang hymns along the way as they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and then uh, Jesus stopped Um, and then went a little farther in with just three other disciples, Peter, James, and John, those that he was closest with, his closest companions. He wanted them a little closer to where he was um, because he wanted and needed the support. But then Jesus went a little farther on into the garden on his own. Now, what's interesting, we we could spend time talking about the fact that this took place in a garden, um, uh, and and we will talk a little bit more about that once we get through uh, to the garden uh, tomb where Jesus was laid and, and why all these talks about gardens. It's significant in scripture, and we'll talk about that. Um, But tonight I just want to reflect on this particular moment. You know, Jesus goes in and he tells the disciples to pray lest they fall into temptation. And he goes, but he he actually says in Matthew 26, it says this. He he says, uh, taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then Jesus said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Now that line, my soul is sorrowful, even to death. To me, you you say that because maybe you're not thinking about suicide per se, but you know the way you're feeling or what you're anticipating, your anxiety, which we know Jesus was suffering in this moment. And I'll explain that more uh, a little bit later. Uh, but your anxiety is so much that, that 
you may not be thinking about suicide, but you're definitely thinking about death would be better than how you're feeling right now. Um, and I feel that's what Jesus is saying here. He was sorrowful even to death. Um, you know, he is beginning to feel the um, being ripped apart from communion with God the Father and God the Spirit. The Holy Trinity um, has experienced communion with each other since before there was time, since forever. But in this moment, in the Garden of Gethsemane, in order for Jesus to go through with the plan, he's going to have to be separated from the Trinity. This has never happened before. And this was always the plan. And when Jesus prays and says um, uh, in, his fi- in his prayer, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It's important to note that Jesus isn't saying that he's not willing to save the human race. He's always going to fulfill that mission. He's just asking the Father, is there another way? Is there another way than having to be separated from the Trinity? Um, and, you know, he gets to that place and says, not my will, but your will be done. If this is the way, then we'll do it. And and so what's significant about the Garden of Gethsemane is that um, it is in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus makes the decision to go through with the plan as is. Um, again, always interested in saving the human race, um, but he only wrestled with this particular part of the plan. And then he starts to feel the separation. He starts, as he becomes sin, he begins to be separated from the Father and the Spirit and that holy communion. Um, uh, one of my favorite authors about this particular moment, um, 19th and 20th century writer Ellen White, uh, she has this phrase in her book called The Desire of Ages that says that Jesus clung to the cold, hard ground as if if the ground wasn't there, he would be removed even farther away from the Father and the Spirit. Um, it's It's a bone-chilling phrase. Um, But, you know, it's also interesting that in another uh, gospel, it says that Jesus actually sweat drops of blood um, in this moment. And um, you wonder, what was that about? Well, doctors today will actually tell you there is a condition where you can be so anxious that you can sweat blood. Um, And so that, I think, is what's happening to Jesus here. So if you've ever had an anxious thought, if you ever had a panic attack, Um, If you've ever been overwhelmed with anxiety, as I have, um, you know, then you you see Jesus in this moment, like he can identify with that. Um, And, you know, I, the crazy thing is, um, you know, is that I know that we say in places, Paul actually says, Jesus was tempted as we are, yet was without sin. I actually think Jesus was tempted way worse. Um, because Jesus could have changed his situation. And we'll reflect a little bit more on that when we get to the cross. Um, But in this moment, again, Jesus um, is struggling to see the light at the end of this tunnel. Um, As this darkness is surrounding him, you know, I know that he's told people, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to die. And in three days, I'll raise again. And, And intellectually, you can know something, but in your heart, you're far from it. Um, And that's, I think, what's happening to Jesus. He's feeling the ripping of this relationship uh, with God. And ultimately, this ripping continues to happen when he is on the cross, right as he takes his last words, it is finished. Um, As he says those last words, his heart is ripped 
in half. Um, and, and we believe that uh, his heart actually had exploded because when uh, it says that he was punctured in his side and blood and water uh, flowed, that doctors will also say that that probably wouldn't happen, blood and water wouldn't flow that way unless there was an internal rupture. Um, and then we know there was yet another ripping because the curtain of the temple, um, and that the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place, the most holy place being the place where God dwelt, um, was that that curtain was ripped in half from top to bottom, a divine ripping. So there's all this ripping taking place, but the curtain ripping is that one of the things that God accomplished through that is he accomplished um, giving us access. Through his death, he gives us access back to God. But again, that's all Friday type stuff. And in the garden, he's wrestling. In the garden, he's contemplating death. In the garden, he's feeling uh, this, this being torn away. And we know his friends, in the story, his friends uh, fall asleep and, and they don't stay awake and they don't pray. And he says their spirit is willing, but their flesh is weak. And he goes back and he prays again. But this is where Jesus starts to feel alone. This is where Jesus starts to feel something he's never felt before. And the fact that the Trinity, God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit, were willing to suffer separation for us is mind-blowing. All that Jesus went through, all that he wrestled with, and in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's wrestling internally with the forces of darkness that are trying to tell him, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do this. And Jesus says, finally, yes. Yes, I do, and I will. The decision is made. And again, Ellen White has this phrase that says that Jesus suffered in the garden. He tread the wine press alone. But then her very next line is, but the Father suffered with the Son. Um, God does this for us. God suffered for us, experienced a pain and a grief and a sorrow and a loneliness so much beyond what any of us uh, have ever or will ever experience. But in the midst of those experiences for us, I serve a God who can say, I know what it's like and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry because that God went through that for me. He suffered that for me and he did it so the day would come where he can announce that there is now no more separation. There is now no more sorrow, no more death, no more pain, no more crying. And his sacrifice on the weekend of Easter, the Holy Week, when he gave his life, that's what makes it possible for us to get to that day where he gets to announce no more, it's over, it's done. And what's crazy to think about too is that not just did the not the Trinity suffered this change, um, certainly during uh, this when this was happening, but the Trinity after the cross was never the same, because we're told that even in the new earth that Jesus will still have his scars from the cross, which means that in a place where everything has been made perfect, the only thing that will be imperfect is Jesus. How crazy is that? That is a love that is higher and wider and longer and deeper than anything I could possibly imagine. That is a love that I want everyone in this world to know that Jesus was willing to go through that. The Godhead, the Trinity was willing to suffer that to save every single one of us. Just up to us as to whether or not we'll accept 
that gift. So with that, let me have a word of prayer. Father God, there are no words, not enough exist in all the languages in the earth to say thank you, to show our gratitude. We can live our lives in such a way that that say thank you. We can tell you we love you, we can serve you, we can tell others that you love them. God, but we'll spend eternity thanking you for the sacrifice. We may never fully understand what that was like, but one day we get to stare, (laughs) we get to stare in the eyes of love and we get to just be overwhelmed. Thank you. Thank you for loving us that much and help us to let every single person in this world know that you love them that much. Thank you for what you're about to go through for us um, as we reflect on that time that you did 2,000 years ago. Thank you for what this night represented, for what you went through, for what you endured, and what during the hours that we sleep will have been happening 2,000 years ago where you were arrested and dragged to be tried, where the Jewish leaders broke all sorts of rules their own rules to condemn you to death. You did it all for us. Thank you. Be with us as we continue to reflect on these things. We pray these things in the precious, in the holy, and the powerful, and the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. This has been another reflection in Pastor's Pad. Um, And uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll see if we can go back to just one uh, reflection uh, per day. There's just so much to reflect on during Holy Week, but I hope and pray that the the weight of this week rests on your heart. uh, And yet, through it, we we experience a joy um, that comes only from falling into the arms of our Savior. Um, So thank you so much and uh, blessings.